Welcome to the Jeff Knows Inc. Show with your host, Jeff Lopes, where we bring you the world's top athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, influencers, and their journeys to success. This podcast is brought to you by eBay for Business Podcast. I personally ran an eBay account for years as a side hustle selling sports memorabilia and cards. Are you thinking of starting your own side hustle or having no luck selling on your eBay account? Then the eBay Business Podcast is a must for you to listen. This podcast covers all the steps needed to start and run a successful eBay business. You hear from employees, industry experts, and top eBay sellers who share their valuable experience and knowledge regarding all facets of running a prosperous eBay business. The e-commerce resource will cover topics regarding from product campaign launches to extreme factors that directly affect any eBay business. If you're ready to take your eBay business to the next level or even start a dream business you've always wanted to, come and listen to the go-to source for all things eBay on the eBay Business Podcast Weekly. We are live. We are live on the Jeff Nozini Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lopes. Super excited to have on today, Lorenzo Patane. What is up, brother? What's up, my man? Thanks so much for having me. Shout out to your beautiful audience. It's such a great opportunity. I'm, I'm really looking forward. I mean, I've been looking forward to this for, for a couple of years now almost. So yeah, now yeah. I'm really pumped. It's, yeah. to come. it's funny you're saying that. We, we've been on and off through social media for a couple right. of years. I've been trying to get Lorenzo on the podcast for a couple of years. And then life, I mean, it's journeys, right? I mean, everything happens for a reason. We're at the, we're at the sure. right time. Lorenzo's actually sure. getting his life changing around the next little while. He's moving from Germany to the US, big changes. But we're going to get through his whole story. He's an actor. Yeah. He's a coach. There's so much layers to this and an incredible individual as well. So we're just going to go through it. Thanks so much, g- g- Give me your story. Like, where did you grow up? How did this all start? Where did your passion for acting and, and all this begin? Sure. I mean, I, it started at a, at a fair young age. I was... I was really small, like five years old. My 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 parents back then they moved from Sicily. They immigrated to to Germany to make a better living, to look for better opportunities. Back in the seventies, you know, life in Sicily was kind of rough, and you know, sort of technological development and everything. And so we moved to Germany to this completely new environment, pretty cold and pretty severe, you know, compared to the colorfulness and to the vividness and to the to the warmth of the Sicilian ambience. So that was kind of crazy. So my method to kind of cope with that. Uh, you know, that that loss a little bit, that emotional loss was to kind of, you know, set up acts, right? I was impersonating and I was doing noises all the time. I was doing funny stuff. Like everybody was looking at me like, what's wrong with this kid, right? Yeah. And so my parents, they, they were, you know, they were running this very successful Italian place in the middle of Germany. It was like one of those first like uh, top-notch Italian places, like high-end Italian trattorias, like really good food, outstanding dishes, great presentation. Like in the 80s, that wasn't the standard back then in Germany where, where you can just find like some very, very like acceptable, modest places. So it was a nice place. They had some politicians there. They had some um, U.S. Air Force uh, commanders there because Rammstein was just, you know, around the corner. So we had a lot of American personnel coming in, paying with dollars. And I was that was also my, you know, that's where I also started getting to know, you know, the American language, what, the American what, culture. What, what was your age at roughly at that age? What was your five age? Five years. Five, five years, years old. old. Okay. So you're and very young. And lo and behold, still. yeah, I, I was pretty young. And then we had this great night, like big menu night. And we had American personnel. We had a lot of like politicians, German politicians, like some, some really top-notch people there. 
And uh, the the dude who was, you know, the host of the night, he kind of, you know, he 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 said to us like 30 minutes before the show basically started, this whole menu, and I said, you know what, I can't come. I'm not able to do it. I'm really, really sorry. You have to run the presentation for yourself. And since my my parents then weren't so good with the German language because they kind of emigrated just a couple of years before that, my mom just basically looked at me and she gave me the mic and she said, make them laugh for two hours. <laughs> and that's what I did. And and they paid me, they clapped, they, they it was just an amazing night, right? And I kind of collected this money afterwards. And I, yeah, from that day on, I knew it. I, I would have to perform in some sort of way or the other because I felt like this, this urgency, right? This wonderful energy that was flowing back and forth from the audience back to me. And I was looking into their eyes and they were just smiling and laughing. I, I can't remember what I said, but for two hours straight, sure enough, I made them laugh. And that was kind of, you know, the the ramp that kind of whoosh, made me jump into the wild unknown. When did when did English come into uh, your education, like speaking English and learning English? Was it right from the beginning? Because obviously now you have Italian at home, you have German right. at school. Right. At was school. English was English something that came on later on? It or was prior? more the the culture. I was very lucky that my my father was, uh, you know, into American. You know, he had vinyl and records and albums, and he was listening to a lot of American music. And again, like all these uh, American officers, uh, the American personnel that came over from Rammstein, you know, for dinner all the time. I was I was just catching up with that vibe. I loved the language. Yeah. I loved English right away. I loved to kind of communicate. To me, it sounded very much more active and vivid and, than the German language, which to me was, you know, as a little kid, now I, I find it a beautiful language and a, and a wonderful method of expressing myself. But back then, to me, like, English was way closer than to, to, to Italian than German was. So I loved kind of to communicate and just picking up on notes and tones and Kind of replicating some some words I was you know getting from the records my my father was listening to, and that's kind of how I built it up. So from there, when did you you're in school? When did you actually start the educational aspect? Because it's a massive part of of acting, oh. right? A lot of people don't understand is the the educational aspect of it, the the, the pronunciations, the language, the the expression. Absolutely. Like when did it all start? Did, was there was there a school you went to? Did you do it in your in your in your basic school with like theater? Sure. I was, um, you know, my mother, I mean, she kind of, kind of, you know, she followed me, right? With, <laughs> She kind of noticed from that night on that there was something because obviously all of a sudden it wasn't just her and, you know, our family members laughing at my jokes. It was like, you know, this big hall, right? Full of important people. And they were like really in tears. <laughs> and so she, she kind of noticed that. So, okay, my son really probably has some sort of a talent. So she sent me to Waldorf school. Waldorf school was uh, is is a very holistic kind of it's it's a, it's an arts school if you want to say call it so right where you practice theater and poetry and music and you like you read me some forms of, of of also physical expression that is absolutely you know it's 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 unknown to the regular school system and that's where I kind of started playing school theater and by the age of twelve that's where my my first like really professional theater acts started. And from that moment on, I was basically acting all the time on and off, on and off until I until I had drama school when I was I think I was like 22, 23 years old, something like that. 20, 23, 24 years old. I went to drama school. I said, finally, OK, I'm, I have to try it. I was doing all sorts of jobs. I was also into fashion. I love art and I was into street culture. I was doing graffiti art. I had 
my I was also producing rap songs with my crew and all that. So that was all wonderful. But I felt with acting, with this communication of, you know, and acting this other person and, and jumping into these different characters, um, I felt like the, the the biggest freedom, right? The biggest control over my choices. And and that's why I also started, you know, kind of getting in when I'm talking about you know, when people are like, yeah, but acting is lying and impersonating someone else and pretending to be like, you're just, but it's not what it is. I mean, great communication, whether that's acting, whether it's creating a, a graphic design poster, whether it's creating a great script or a great podcast, it's always art. art. It always needs sincerity. It always needs like an, an, like an exchange, a great communication. And you need a certain amount of truthfulness to achieve that that we all wear masks during our regular lives and that we all hide our intentions here and there and that we all kind of try to cover up our core in order to not get, you know, you know, in a way wounded, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. to success and that we don't get hurt that much. Of course, that's granted. We all use masks, but acting is not lying. It's actually quite the opposite. It's kind of, you know, getting, you know, rip away all the BS and, and, and get in touch and get in, in, in tune with really what's 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 juice and critical about you. I love it. I love I love what you said there. So was there any actual actors or people in theater that you kind of looked up to and try to almost I want to say mimic, but try to be inspired mm-hmm. to achieve or something you, that you saw in America or somebody you saw on on, on the telly that it was just sure. like I, I would love to follow their footsteps. Yeah, I mean, like I said, my father, who was like a moviegoer, he loved music and he was dancing. And right, he was like, my mother was uh, more like the Sicilian mother type, a bit more serious, a bit more ethical, a bit more upright, right? <laughs> and my father was more like the, the other facet of the Italian way of yeah, living. Yeah, so yeah. he introduced me to American music a lot and, and movies. And he, he would sometimes would even go on and, you know, to such an extent to fight against my mom to let me watch some great movies because he really believed in the movie culture also. So I started at a pretty young age to watch movies like, you know, Sergio Leone movies, Stanley Kubrick movies. Yeah. And I would say Peter Sellers was one who kind of impacted me a lot. It's 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 somebody I feel very kind of, I, I, I you know, this type of resonance this energy that he, this, this unsettling goofiness of him that I like that. Right. And he has so many facets of interpreting, but I also like, I loved also Clint Eastwood and grew up with Michael Caine with, with all these iconic actors like Bob De Niro and El Pacino in the eighties, of course, and Harrison Ford and all these people. I love these epic adventurous type of, of, of leaders on stage, Robin Hood, all these people that were kind of, you know, standing in for something I, I felt always like if i'm if i'm go, i'm doing this if i'm gonna be an actor i want to you know kind of give people something to you know to to kind of to to nurture them with a sense of uh, idealism with a sense of, of of not only playing a character but kind of portraying something standing in for something like like those iconic characters from the 70s and the 80s and yeah that these were the actors i was looking up to for sure and and it's crazy as those iconic actors created movies that are they're generational right absolutely you think, of, ta- have- you think of t- like like de niro man the amount of epic pacino. movies he's been in pacino i mean mesmerizing he, he, scarface godfather probably considered top 10 movies of all time and he's all been time. in two of them 
which is incredible. Like this guy is crazy. Right. And, and I like this, right. To, to allow myself to be crazy. And yeah. so over the, over the time, over time, I, I've learned to, to kind of, you know, through drama school and through, you know, being on stage and being a pro actor and really like getting to the point where you really earn money with acting. I mean, I wish all the best and all the luck to all the newbies out there, all the young guns who are just starting this to get hired right away and they got a breakthrough right away and they can enjoy life for the rest of their lives. But hey, the hardmanship, the gonna, quest of, you know, gonna, being on gonna, stage. We're going to talk a lot about that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right, 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 continue, right. continue, go, continue. That, that critical mass, I think, is necessary to build up like that second skin that, that that ultimately makes you stand on the stage. It's not the amount of people sitting there in the audience. It's the amount of critical mass that you want to get out to impress them. I, I love that you said that. I had on um, a good friend of mine I've met through my, my main company is called Kamor, where I started that 17 mm -hmm. years ago, where we develop and build martial art and fitness equipment. And, and an athlete we sponsored, God, 15 years ago that was fighting in the UFC, uh, right. Jesse Liadon. And mm -hmm. he went from MMA fighter, retired, became an actor. And he's been at it for, right. I, I would say the 15 years, maybe more. And uh, we had him on the podcast, incredible guy. He's, he's had incredible, great roles, but he's also right. had so many moments where he's in, 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 in all these Fast and Furious movies and all these other movies, and he'll be there for two weeks, three weeks on set, and then his part is cut from the movie. And and he and he has these heart throbbing uh -huh. stories. Is like it's such a hard industry. Yes, it's, sir. They tight cast you. It's such a hard industry to break in to get yes. your foot in the door. And this guy's been right. at it for years and years, and he's always trying. He was just in the. There's a movie on Netflix the other day, and um, I was watching. I'm like, oh my god, there's Jess. He's on it, and he was on it for like two minutes. He's like, that was like three, four weeks of recording, and it's mm -hmm. like it's so hard as an actor. He's still getting paid, but right. you, you want that fame, you want that exposure, you want to get to the next level, right. and it's right. so hard of an industry there's millions and millions of people trying to get that one role that one opportunity let's sure. talk about that let's talk about and it's something you kind of pushed on there is is right. the hardship it's like it's it's not this hollywood beautiful glimmer and lights it's a long road to get that one break Yes, sir. I mean, look, I'm, I'm a history fanatic. Uh, I'm, it's over the ner the nerd status okay. <laughs> at this okay. point of my life, but it's now. It's let's admit it. I'm a fanatic for history, and so sometimes, to me personally, it helps tremendously to kind of take a step back and take you know a, a look at the greater picture. Where is the context actually happening? Where is this actually coming from? And where are we are we going with this? Because of course, you can get focused on the billboard. You can get focused on the award. You can get focused on the accolades and the big checks. And by all means, it's necessary to have a strong ambition working for yourself and yeah, to set yourself up for big quests and big dreams because we are adventurous on this earth ball for 72 years, uh, you know, on average. And after that, it's over. So make sure to get some nice information, some juicy stuff into your system because it's really worth it. So if you set your context like this, that you are on a mission to, you know, gather as much valuable and great and outstanding information as possible. And you look at the, at the history of acting, where it's coming from, it's from the Greek tragedies. It's from the enacting of understanding the universe, of putting masks on and having those ritual dramas and explaining to the audience, to the, to the peasants, right, to the citizenship, 
what God is, what the Almighty looks like, what the universe is, and how the forces of the universe can get, get you know, receive a physical metaphor in order to understand their workings, the celestial, you know, alignments, the constellations, the equinoxes, the solar eclipses, all that is incorporated into the lore of the classical drama. And this is what we do throughout our life. We have three acts to explore life. And in between, the craziness happens. And yes, sometimes we have high oscillations. Sometimes we have slums. And sometimes we have to go through that valley of shadow and death. But then we will eventually come you know, up as victorious. Because in the end, of course, we have to make ends meet. Of course, we need to kind of you know provide for our family and be satisfied in the process. It's not about you know giving up on your life just to you know pursue the quest of being an actor. But understand yourself. You are the illustrator of something that is that goes beyond numbers, that goes beyond physics, that goes beyond math. It's it's art, it's resonance, it's it's that beautiful intercultural communication. And if you see yourself just you know collecting as much experience as possible and trying to stay on the light side of things, eventually there will be the time, the opportunity, the chance where you, all this accumulated life experience can finally put it into a canal for yourself and let it work effectively. And that will have certainly that impact that you always kind of, you know, wishing for yourself. And I'm not speaking out of, it's it's true. I've seen, I've seen it, right, Jeff, I'm, I'm helping creators now for over 10 years as a coach and, and I've seen it just put in the great work, just you know, surround yourself with great information and resources and implement them, take action, right? Just follow up with them, not just only consume yeah, them. Yeah, and, and if you do that, and if if your context is exploration and fun and, and trying to be as consistent by exploring your art as possible, greatness will come no matter what. How that greatness looks like. If that's like a regional theater where you have a sold out night, one after the other, you have great community theater going on, a lot of people coming, you know, you have some patronage going on, you make some decent money, or if that future looks like, you know, being in Hollywood or some other theater somewhere somewhere else in the world, or maybe just playing in Indian movies or South African movies. I mean, it's, a, you know, we can use acting on YouTube. We can use acting for our social media, for our business endeavors. We can transform that acting experience into a powerful weapon for our success. It doesn't need to be in Hollywood. That's what I've was trying to say in the beginnings we get so focused with the light yeah. the diamonds with the bling bling but in between being broke and you know having shiny eyes on your wrist there is life happening there's so much opportunities and, and things going on and sometimes if the industry rejects you for certain reasons like okay dig out your own industry create your own market right be your own entrepreneur you know build that brand around your talent and and find solutions and you will see someone will appreciate that. What I've, my experience so far is, Jeff, in over 33 years now being an actor and 25 years in the entertainment industry, and like almost 10 years being a coach, art has lovers, like life has lovers. If you appreciate, love your art, you will find admirers and lovers of your art and you will get paid. I love that. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about your journey. Where did your journey take place? Where did it go? Was it theater? Was it was it behind a behind the lights, the glimmer? Like where where did your career take you, and how did it take you into coaching? Yeah, that's that's a good question, man. Because um, I was, I am a very privileged and 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 blessed to have many artistic 
instruments inside of me that are quite acceptable in the way how you know they look right whether that's my drawings my paintings whether that's my fashion whether that's my acting so i was you know for big time of my life i was like yeah i'm an actor i'm a you know i'm a producer of moments and it's beautiful it's all that but like really i mean honestly this is something that i felt you know becoming increasingly a thing for me that i felt yeah okay it's it's working i'm an actor it's beautiful i'm making some money and but where is the where where am i relevant like where is the but not for myself like oh i need to be you know there needs to be like a statue in my hometown in sicily you know you know describing my success to the peasants right it's not that so where is my relevance in terms of what am I really given to people? And granted, I mean, I, I got fans. It's beautiful. They stop me on the street and tell me, hey, your work is beautiful. And that already is like much, you know, more than, than 90% of all the actors out there actually have. And I'm, I'm not taking that for granted at all. But, you know, of course, TV can create so much around a person, even if that person is, yeah, let's say, questionable, right? Yeah. And so I wanted some relevance where people understand what real value I was trying to give and not only for the movies and for the characters I was playing in and interpreting and so I started realizing that I'm pretty good at giving people advice on their monologues you start at drama school at giving advice right you have those open critique sessions and all that and uh, I started realizing that people were really attentively listening to what I was saying in those open sessions and really trying to implement what I was trying to say and and that it helped most of the times. And so it happened in New York. I was there actually for fashion reasons. And my my best man, my brother from another mother, Daniel Alexander, another great actor, beautiful human being. You should interview him as well, man. He's a very inspiring person living in L.A. And he kind of, you know, came over from the Ukraine 20 years ago to the U.S. And it's, it's such an inspiring, fantastic person. And back in the days, he was, uh, you know, engaged with this uh, beautiful Japanese lady. And she needed a coach for... Uh, for this role and he couldn't make it on that day because he was you know doing fashion he was a model back then in new york and so i said you know what i coach you and um she got booked and it was like grudge three right she got pretty much booked right away based on the tape that we shot in champion studios up in, in the upper west in new york and I got back and then I thought ah, it was not a big deal and I came back to New York and I was invited by the Ikehata family the you know the 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 family of of this Japanese girl Amy Ikehata which is a pretty fucking famous family entertainment family in Japan I didn't know that back then they're like really like uh, uh, Ikehata is like the Frank Sinatra of Japan he played in the oh, Akira wow. Kurosawa movies Red Beard as a lead so yeah. he's really big and so they invited me to to this wonderful hotel, like in New York, really ex everything gold, cutlery, everything expensive. And uh, we wanted to say thank you, like Japanese people do, like up to daughter. Very was, respectful. Like, man, I was so humbled by that experience. I was like, I am nothing. Go away, <laughs> right? Because they were like obviously very rich and wealthy people, and they they were so humble, you know, towards me, and that kind of still today shocks me. And I understood it had value, that my work had value. Of course, it sounds like futile. Yeah, yeah, big, big restaurant, big hotel, everything expensive there. You understood your value. Of course, it happened before that. But they really took effort to explain to me during that breakfast that I kind of helped Amy discovering something that she couldn't discover, you know, throughout, throughout all of her years being an acting student in New York. So all the schools she went to, all the workshops, she, she kind of scrambled up and all the things that she kind of they felt it wasn't as as much as what we achieved in one in one session of self-tape 
in one self-tape session. And that kind of, you know, that started the process. And when I was, when I, you know, dropped out of my show here in Germany because I wanted to kind of have a break and move to Italy, I met the, you know, my future wife and I wanted to kind of work in Italy as well. And of course I crash landed and I was broke for, for a couple of years. And then my wife said, you know what, I got this, uh, this beautiful friend of mine. I just looked at her, I just looked her up on Facebook and she kind of mentions this English audition why don't you help her out? Like, you know, gain a couple of bucks, you help her with the pronunciation and what, and I just, it's not a big deal, right? So she came over for dinner and we talked about the edition and the other day we we taped it and it was for John Wick. And oh, talking wow. about initial conditions and how important your initial conditions are, right? And yeah. how important it is to kind of have an, you know, igniting your, your product with something extraordinary. That was of course like super, super helpful. And dude, that was 2013. And we never stopped working as a coach, as a company, as a studio, not one single day from that day on. It's just are you, are, just you are you still doing acting on your own or you're focused? Sure, on like every day. I'm I'm on set shooting every day. Okay, what are you shooting? Is it a TV series? Is it is it soap movies? opera? Right, soap so right. you're in a soap opera. Yes, I'm a lead uh, in a soap opera. <laughs> How long have you been the lead in the soap opera? What's the name of the soap opera? Is it German it, or is it Italy is in Italy? Italian. It's a German soap. I I froze. I see. Yeah, you, you kind froze. Of, you froze. I can hear your voice, but it froze. Oh, there you're back. I'll edit that out. No worries. All right. Um, yes, I'm 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 playing every day, and uh, I'm this show is now running for 18 years, and I've been on and off for you know a couple of years, coming back and forth. But you know, it's, it's called Tempest of Love. And yeah, and you re getting... repeat that you said for how many years? 18 so far. Wow. It's getting hot, man. I have to. Cons is, 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 that is the incredible thing about soap operas is the consistency of characters. And yes. you don't see that in anything else. I mean, in, in, in North America, I mean, there's days of our lives and all these big soap operas. I remember as a kid, as right. the world turns, my mom used to watch all these soap operas. And as a kid, I would come after school, be home at 3 p.m. And my mom would be watch, coming home from work and watching a soap yes. opera. Or she'd be right. recording it on a VHS and watching yeah, a soap reliable. opera. Right. And, and, but these characters, literally, I'll turn on the TV now, getting home, and the soap opera will be up. And I'm like, they're still the same characters. They're still the same faces. I'm like, how is right. that even possible that... 15 20 years later like i'm i'm 46 now i remember watching this as a five six year old kid and some of these actors are still doing the same soap opera which is yes, incredible sir. if you can right. lock into a soap opera this is probably today's hint of the day lock into a soap opera you're set for life you are pretty much set for life but um you know I'm just being sarcastic. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they, there is a certain validity to your to 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 your affirmation for for sure. You're set. I mean, you're safe. Yeah. I'm a gypsy. I don't like to be safe. <laughs> so yeah. there is a certain conflict of interest there. I love being there. I love acting. I love experimenting, putting yeah. a new show on a new show like every day and kind of changing things here and there and kind of experimenting basically with my character. But I love to be free as well and to kind of, you know, change my status and, and, and roam for other things and discover other things as well. So if, if you feel like being a person that has this nomad type of, of spirit, of adventurous spirit inside of, of someone else, I mean, 
for a certain period, it's great to give you structure and safety. But then, of course, art needs to evolve. Arts, art needs progress, evolution. You need to change, right? If you get too comfortable, too satisfied, too complacent with your art, your art becomes mediocre. And that's the death of art. Have you, um, movie-wise, um, okay, let's talk about this over. So when you're moving to the U.S., we're going to talk about yes. that in the next how many months? Uh, I'm going to, you know, it's five weeks from now. Five weeks from now. So, and we're going to be releasing this podcast very soon. So five weeks from now, what happens to that soap opera? Are you officially retired from that role? Or are you going to be going back to record it? What happens with that? Right. So, no, obviously I'm quitting because, I, you know, I want to work in the U.S. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, since they don't want to let me go, we're trying to find some, some, some work models where I can theoretically be introduced in a spinoff movie, let's say like a standalone movie which would be like a tremendous opportunity to solidify this role that I've played for so many years. And it would be an incredible honor because again, it's not something that is so granted, right? It's a, I'm a, I'm a Sicilian immigrant son. And now I get to play a role with breaks for almost, you know, 20 years. Right. And, and I got recognized on the street. People love the soap opera, the product. And so already I kind of, you know, made a name for myself in a very important big country like the, like Germany. So that's already like a big honor. And if it, if there would be like a possibility to kind of, you know, cement this role once and forever and kind of create a spin-off movie for that, where I would also have, you know, the, the need to kind of interfere with the dialogue section. So if I would that get that type of guarantee to be a bit more also, you know, involved yeah. in the creative process and the dialogue and the writing and all that, I could see myself kind of, you know, concluding that 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 working cycle, but then uh, obviously I would just solely focus on on being successful in the U.S. and creating more and more great entertainment over there for sure. Um, let me. I want to go two directions with that. Right. Do you have anything lined up in the U.S. or you're going there and starting off like we're starting off fresh? Take away your coaching, the acting mm-hmm. aspect. Are you starting right. fresh or do you have stuff lined up? It's pretty much fresh. So that, that that's scary. That could be scary. Exciting for me. It's exciting. Okay. It's what I did throughout my life. Yeah. Next question is you, you kind of, kind of live doused a bit into it right there. Producing, directing, is this something you've done already? Is this something you want to get more into? Like, well, where, where's your aspects with that? Because you see a lot of actors that, that have a longevity career like yourself eventually turn that direction into producing or directing their own sure. stuff. They put their own spin on stuff. Where's your, where, where are you with that? So the Coach MC studio developed pretty quickly from, you know, back then from that John Wick audition of just being an acting coach to being some sort of an ad agency, if you want to call it so. Now I'm coaching not only actors and performers, I'm also, you know, I'm coaching lawyers, I'm coaching athletes, professional sports, you know, athletes, I'm coaching companies even bigger ones. And so we're and what we, what we coach basically is just great communication is to be outstanding and as frictionless and as effective as possible with your clients, with your environment, with your culture to create, you know, that blue ocean for yourself. Yeah. So I'm a big believer in the blue ocean strategy and creating a unique product, something where you have the great core strength, something you're genius at the T-shaped yeah. employee if you want to call it so you have one basic column one co- 
one pillar that is absolutely amazing. And then on top on, on that, we stack a horizontal bar with many different attitudes and, and disciplines and yeah. aspects of your knowledge and all that that are completely different from each other. And by doing that, we were, you know, constructing a unique product. Let's say, I don't know, Jackie Chan is a unique, he's a blue yeah. ocean actor, if you want to call it so, right? He combines comedy and acting and kung fu and stunt and, and all that. It's it's unique, right? Yeah. He has no competitors. So what we're that, that's what we're basically doing. And then after the coaching, we found out after, after a couple of years that people, you know, wanted to kind of, you know, express that through a vision statement for their company and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they hired, you know, foreign filmmakers to kind of, show that vision and we weren't satisfied with the outcome of those products and so we thought no we have to shoot these products as well so we went on to the to the third phase where we're not coming in and coaching people and creating a blueprint for the branding for the internal communication for their culture no we are also shooting that very visual statement that should be the identifier for the culture themselves so i went on to directing those commercials and industrial reels and i'm enjoying it a lot yeah. I mean, I'm doing a lot because it's a beautiful new aspect of, you know, bringing everything together. My my nerdism, my drawing skills, my communicational skills, my, let's say, emotional projection skills, all that comes kind of beautifully together when I'm directing, which I'm also doing with the self-tapes. Let's be honest. I'm directing those self-tapes for over 10 years now. So it kind of nat naturally happened to me that I, you know, I'm finding myself more and more being fond of the directing game as well. And I could see definitely myself doing it. My wife has something against it because she wants me to be home to cook, right? And to provide and directing is a very stressful job, right? Coaching I can do from the comfort of our beautiful place. Directing means to be on set like 18 hours a day, which definitely I will do one day uh, with her probably because she's a great script supervisor. But um, yeah, I, I, it's not definitely something that I'm completely like um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to fletch out of my toolbox, but it's something that, you know, certainly will grow with me. And maybe there will be the opportunity to shoot like a feature as well. Let's see. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what put in your mind to move to the U.S.? When did that click in your head? I'm like, I'm going to do it. Because like you said, you're very comfortable. And, 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 and obviously you said one thing about you is to always taking adventure, taking opportunity. So where that opportunity come was it through a friend an opportunity like and what 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 part of the us do you mind me asking where you moving to sure i always wanted to move to california and uh, due to recent developments in our beautiful uh, golden sunshine state um, um we're now moving to florida because we discovered miami a couple of years ago and i just love the vibe there it's closer to europe also it has different reasons it's not only the california issue i'm closer to the to the east coast where i'm also having a lot of relationships in new york as well so yeah it's comfortable to be you know closer to europe for my mom as well so there are many many reasons for that but yeah we're moving to miami beach <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. And, yeah it's funny because yeah. i mean since joe rogan dumped uh dumped california left man it's, it's like everybody everybody's following suit i, I was like you're gonna say texas you're gonna say texas because everybody feels like everybody's moving to austin texas right, <laughs> right, celebrity right, all right. but uh i love yeah. la though i love la i mean i was always in love with california and with la i think, and... I think that's just the big picture right i mean it, it, it's it's what we we glimmer and what we see through your lens your hollywood it's that mm -hmm. vision of LA, the stars, the Hollywood right. Square. That like it just it 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 embodies movie 
right? Hollywood, right? So, I mean, that's, I think that's what everybody pushes towards, but I mean, Cal, Florida, man, you guys, the governor there, um, we might even be, might even end up being the president is, mm-hmm. is, I mean, they got it, taxes, everything. It's just a great place. Florida is great. Texas is great. There's a lot of great spots in the U S to live a lot, a lot of great spots to live. I've been traveling to the U.S. now for uh, the last 25 years of my life. Uh, I've been to New York, Chicago, Florida, like, you know, the South. I love the South of the States, Nashville, Tennessee, and Louisiana. Now, that, Nashville is a place that's grown. It is grown, man. And it it's is been, so, like, so much. music, the vibrance there, it's just yeah. amazing. It's I mean, a, artists, when you talk about art and artists, artists it's, it's music, there man. is, yeah, music. even just art in general, pop art and everything. Right. Like, it's, right. Nashville Good is incredible. Galleries. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I love it there. I, I love. I'm. I could see myself living all over the U.S. over the course of, of time because, you know, since since I first kind of you know laid foot on on American soil, I was I was in love, man. I was shocked by the freedom. I was shocked by the colors. I was shocked by the opportunities. I was just shocked all over. Right. To me, the U.S. is still. You know, it's it's the it's the one place where you can really cook up your dreams, where you can really look out for something enormously important and something to fulfill yourself and to have quests and to have to pursue something where you feel like there is a there is a chance to realize that over there. You feel that it's in the air. It's it's tangible. And I love that about the U.S. And so it's 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 different all over it's diverse it has yeah. unique spots great niches great pockets of creativity it has great food great culture great nature i mean what else do you need uh, i feel free there i feel like in control and, and i know that sounds a bit weird and i don't know but like in the us i feel understood yeah. Yeah. i mean it's just just it's it's you right and 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 you said there's there's so much opportunity there's so much opportunity i mean anywhere anywhere if you're if you're a natural hustler and you have a drive you could create opportunity yes. anywhere so i mean have, have you ever been you know i'm from toronto canada have you ever been to canada before no never and i actually got some relatives there some cousins there in toronto yeah toronto is absolutely toronto toronto is, is 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 a mix of boston new york chicago i mean it, yeah. it it's 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 a beautiful city, very multicultural, great restaurants, great nightlife, great art. I mean, incredible galleries and colorful yeah. stuff. And even just for the filmmaking, and prior to COVID, um, we are becoming like a mecca for movie making. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the the, the the studios here were just building downtown by the water. It was like studio after studio going up, mm-hmm. and, and massive movies are being filmed here. So it's it's a great great spot for artists as well and actors and stuff like that's trying to trying to get their career going here as well, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, what do you what do you see yourself in the next four to five years? It, it besides the, obviously the coaching, developing. Like, are you are you at the point with your business? Like, you 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 obviously work very hands on with your clients. Is there a point where you do want to, as an entrepreneur, and you are an entrepreneur, to take yes. it into the point where you're on top, and you kind of have your whole ecosystem with your staff kind of doing what you're doing, mimicking, and you're kind of building a process and the procedures in place that other people could run in and you could kind of be overviewing it? Or is this something you still want to work one-on-one with customers and your clients? I think both would be gigantic okay. to have both working for me. I mean, um, I knew one thing. Before moving to the U.S., I was I was making sure to read every piece of literature of every top successful American entrepreneur that ever existed. Yeah. So I read every book on, 
on every empire that that is out there in the U.S. And um, so the first thing that I have that I've understood is I have to create a philosophy for myself, and I can't can't do that just by telling my philosophy. You have to show my philosophy. So b- before moving to the U.S., I finished writing my book. I finished kind of laying that groundwork to have that reference ready to to roll out for me whenever somebody's looking at me in the US because I it's just a, a different type of of doing business over there yeah respectfully to to Germany or to the rest of 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 Europe and I also found it absolutely necessary for me to kind of you know after 10 years of being a coach and kind of getting there pretty spontaneously and kind of you know learning by doing it every day and kind of you know branching out more and more but I love improvisation. My life is improv, right? Throughout. And I will always teach improv. And and yeah. improvisation will be always like a big part of, of who I am, of how my organism works and how my system are, you know, getting into place because I totally believe and I totally trust on the universe of providing me with the situation that I always need the most in the moment where it feels the worst. And so I'm at my best, right? When when times need me, right? When the challenges are big. So I was needing to to make sure that I have that information working for me and ready so I can in the US start thinking about scaling this, right? So people would get my book, my philosophy, my structure, my video, all my information and could see this is his manifesto. This is how he wants to jumpstart in a remarkable way any type of artistic communication and make sure that the foundations of that is kind of, you know, is is brought to all the branches of my of my enterprise network, and then they can eventually start to work for themselves. Of course, I'm going to automate pro- uh, products like you know shooting masterclasses and webinars and all that stuff. I'm going to have my book working for me and I have my you know weekly entertainment roundtables. But I would at a certain point I know need to hire a couple of people, very determined, committed, consistent, just a few of them. But some crazy people who you want to join me in this beautiful adventure and trying to become a little media company, a little ad communication brand forming agency that is very, that is very modular, that is very flexible. We don't need no offices per se. We could be a traveling company as well at a certain point in the future and serving, you know, creatives all over the globe. Because definitely my wife and I, we looked it's like even with with you know future kids in mind, we we love to travel, we love to connect, we love to discover new pockets along the way. And so this is gonna be our approach to scale the company, to have a bigger team, like three to five people more to what we have right now, and to kind of carry on with that core group for as long as we humanly can, till we have to scale it again and prop it up again where to a certain point I can just delegate it from the top, but still want to be involved with not only the, 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 you know, the most paying clients, but with the ones where I feel like I can still develop and progress the most. I still do pro bono work and I will do pro bono work throughout my career, just, you know, helping some, some, some artists that really needed it don't and are completely broke and just help them to jumpstart their engine a little bit so they can you know start to kind of make some some revenue start to kind of understanding what their position in the game is i i think that's so important i think this is the giving back aspect i've 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 been an entrepreneur for 20 27 plus years um mm-hmm. and i mean I that's that a topic. huge aspect of what i do i mean i i went through a three-year period where i took on got over 60 something young entrepreneurs and until this day, I was on the phone the other day with another. I, I just, 
I love being able to pass that knowledge, be able to pass mm-hmm. the wrongs, the, sure. the, the imperfections, the things that I did wrong through my process, make them understand and, and be able to mm-hmm. speed up their process. And, and, and I've helped guys start up with startups. Now they're running six figure companies over the years. Absolutely. And I never, I never charged a penny, right? It was just more of a, just right. like giving back. Right. So I think that's very important. So when you get to a certain point in your life that you could do that and, yes. and you're, and you're, and you're trading your time for this young entrepreneur and you're seeing them develop it, it, it there's a satisfaction to that oh absolutely maybe it's the ego i, I i'm not claiming that i'm egoless and that there is yeah. not this no it's it's it's, it's 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 a little of everything right i mean it's yes. a little of everything but it's 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 there's right. a there's this special feeling when you see them succeed it's almost like they're your little baby that and 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 if you get the right people and you right. you'll know when they're the right people to mentor and yeah. obviously you don't understand that they appreciate that and they come back like i have uh, god there's a gentleman I'm, i've been working with for years now um right. aaron gobble and uh, he was the first legally blind football player to play division one school as a legally blind football what? player and he wanted to get into public speaking and really build his career and i've been working with him for two years and this kid's now making six figures public speaking he's all over every company you know and we started from ground zero and and when we built up this little brand and a company for him so He's seeing that and he calls me all the time and he's and he's always just he's still he'll shoot me a text he tell me a text a couple of days ago just like a random question like i need help mm-hmm. with this 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 and all this i love, I love it because it's just it's just it just it just it solidifies that everything you've done it, it there's there's a, there's a meaning to it all right there's a meaning to it and, and passing that knowledge on is so so important you have siblings do you have like brothers and sisters one one older sister Do you think it's the reason we, because of small families, that we want to feel a bigger family around us? Is that our need to kind of to have more of that resonance? And and this is I, I think it's I think it's something called, and I, I talk about this all the time. It's building community. Mm-hmm. I think the importance of building community and it's something I realized from a very young age is building a community. And you want to build an organic, natural community where it's it's sincere. Sure. And I realized that. Um, I, t- I took four months pretty much away from social media, away from everything to deal with my personal issues over the since uh, since since last November. Um, and when I finally and, and I did that for a reason, I had only a handful of people, probably 10 people on most that knew what I was going through. And I did that on purpose. I, I needed to stay laser focused. I needed to focus my health, mm-hmm. focus on my family and focus on getting as strong mentally, physically as possible to get through that journey. And mm-hmm. when I finally finished the surgery and I was home and I announced it. I had over 600 messages in a matter of 24 hours and it shows wow. community. It shows how community, just how people, there are yes. good people out there. There are people that care. There are people. Of course. And, and I, and since I announced it, I get texts on a daily basis. How are you? How are you feeling? I, and it's people that really, they have their own issues. Everybody, ha- everybody's going through their own problems. Sure. And my problem to me is as big as your problem. My little cut on my finger that's getting this little infection might be mm-hmm. as big as somebody with, with a, de- a terminal disease. Like it's everybody has their own problem and they magnitude that problem into their life. Exactly. So, so right. the bare fact that if you build a strong community, and I think that's part of just giving back and, 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 and giving that energy and that heart towards other people, because you're building this community that, you know what, it, 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 it's so powerful. It's so important. It's almost like you're, yeah, it's just, it's, it's almost like you're, like you said, your extended family. It's- right it's an yeah. extension of the family in a way like i don't know like most of my clients like like yeah of course i have new clients but they they stick with me like most of my clients i got now over for seven eight years 
for over six, five years. Yeah. And it's like working with friends. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes our self-tape sessions are so intimate because it's about acting. Sometimes they're 10 pages long of information. We're working through the fucking night. I'm sorry for, yeah, for no, cussing. No, no. But, and so it's so 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 much craftsmanship and so so much heartmanship. And you get to know somebody so intimately and so personally. And over hours he starts maybe crying, start talking about his shit before you know going back to the taping process. And it's so like you close the computer. But you didn't close a client. You closed like, oh, this was another beautiful chapter in this yeah. book called Life. Yeah. Did I make money? Yes, of course. But of course, I invested everything that I humanly yeah. could to yeah. jumpstart this performance. So I was giving as much as I was receiving, I feel. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 it, and, and it, you're you're almost like that dad figure because yeah. every time they they get that audition, you're, you're, you're the number one cheerleader. Dude, I mean, we booked now. We booked some some serious movies over the years, and I've worked with with Oscar winners. And so, like when when a, when a client of yours, when a student of yours books like a big movie or a big project, I, it, it makes you, me more you win. happy. Than, than I win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. I feel so hundred percent. You know, ask my wife. I, I freak out more than I would. Yeah. You know, yeah. if I would book this role, I probably wouldn't freak that much out. Yeah, it's like I'm that. Sure. It's like that dad watching his son get drafted in the majors or something. Beautiful, yeah. It, it, yeah. because it's bigger than your experience. Yeah. It's this right. You gave something. He gave something. Together, you worked. So it's not just yeah. me figuring yeah. out the character and taping it, which is of course beautiful. But it's like you help this guy or this girl, and and they're so immensely happy for that. Yeah, and they yeah. Care. and whenever you will meet that person again, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and, yes. and 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 I'm sure a lot of yours is through Zoom or so something. So when you do eventually yes. meet this person in person, or you ever do have the yeah. opportunity, it's so much more special. It's like that. It's like that bond. It's like wow, I've it's known you. Crazy. It's like yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. I love and that. people get you know they they immediately pick up on that. Oh, you guys know each other for a long time. It's like yeah. Well, it's actually the first time we met. Well, that's impossible. It's like yeah, yeah. And then we yeah. explain the story, and they're like wow. But yeah, like I'm, when I meet those people, then physically, like in real life, it's uh, it's amazing because it's like, yeah, we know each other. Yeah. Like we yeah. know each other. Sometimes yeah. I know them better than some of their partners do. Yeah. 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 Oh, I agree. Yeah. So, it's, it's, yeah. You're, you're you're opening up a different dialogue, a different sincerity, a different opportunity, right? And you're you're with them with their wins and their losses. So their downs yeah. and highs. Yeah. I love yeah. that. You're, I'm going to ask you one more last question. Your Your wife. How long have you guys been together? Where'd you guys meet? And what does she mean to you? She uh, 15 years now together, six years married. Uh, we married in Las Vegas. We met in Palermo. Las Vegas. Las yes. Vegas. Okay. Yes, for sure, man. For sure. In a Ferris wheel. Awesome. Yeah. Like she's from Naples, right? I'm from Sicily. If we would marry on Italian ground, on Italian territory, <laughs> that say. would mean one year of our life subtracted from from our records because we would just have to investigate all the people to the celebration make sure we have you know checked out all the napkins all the tissues all the fabrics available in italian territory for the linen for the setup for the cutlery for for it would be a nightmare we looked yeah. each other in the eyes like no we have to marry just for us because we want to marry we, i mean we love our family and everything but yeah. we want to marry we don't want to marry them it would like be like 600 people showing up or yeah. something like that would be yeah. just madness. And, and so we thought we have to get somewhere where really it's just us. And then we just called two of our best friends, Daniel, the guy yeah. I was talking, I was referring earlier to and a very good 
friend of hers. Uh, she's a wonderful photo photographer, like multi-awarded photographer and an architect. And then we got six days into Las Vegas and we celebrated. Awesome. Awesome. It awesome. was incredible. I met her in Palermo and um, she's absolutely the, the balance of my existence, of my universe. She brought structure, sincerity, matureness into my life, like uh, for real. <laughs> and she had a lot of work, a lot of drilling to do because, of course, I was this chaotic child, right? My 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 parents split up when I was seven. I I grew up in 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 you know in, the, in this theater, acting, graffiti, suburban street art type of world. Never at home, role playing games, convention on the weekends. I was a crazy child. My mother could you know just barely hold me in a structure. And then when acting kind of really started, you know, picking up and I, I was, you know, of course, like living my life, not in an unresponsible way, but there was never structure in my life, even though I attended schools and all that academies, all that I structure I, I've learned with my wife, like being at least to some degree reliable yeah. and also to my clients, of course. I mean, then yeah. I started like, understanding you know, the, the value of, of, of being there and that made me stronger as well. And she's absolutely she's my my balance of forces. Yeah. I love that. And, 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 and having that is so having that one person there is so important. I mean, I've been, we're going on to, um, God, me and my wife have been together for 26 years. We've been married for 20. Nice. Uh, this year will be 20 years. September, uh, September will be 20 years. And, um, isn't that amazing, man? I mean, yeah, I just time, 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 time flies. You know, my parents, I'll, I'll, I'll let me finish with mine and then I'll tell you my parents, but my, sure, um, sure. my, um, more than ever. And, and obviously I love her to death and, and, and we have an incredible relationship, two incredible children. My children are 14 and 16 and I'm 46 and I just turned 46 and more than ever, the last four months of my life, this showed me how important my wife is in my life. I mean, she never missed one appointment. She like never that. missed one second, one phone yeah. call. She will leave work for even a phone call to be by my side. Mm -hmm. And having that, and, and, and you know, there's moments you sit there and like, if I was single and I was going through this, like, would I mentally be able to handle it? And and being able to have that support staff that have that, it's there's nothing, nothing in the world more precious, more precious than that. And and I look at my parents. My dad's been um, May seventh will be uh, two years we lost my dad, and my dad and my mom were married uh, for fifty one plus years. And my dad and my mom took both early retirement. My dad was fifty five. My mm -hmm. mom was uh, forty nine. They took early retirement, and for the last twenty five years of their his their lives together, they never missed one day apart. And they're mm -hmm. like everybody. I mean, you have arguments. They would have an argument and five minutes later, they'd be having an espresso together. Right, and right, it's just, right. it's just, you see how precious that is, how precious that is and how hard it is. Cause now my mom lost her everything. And for the last two years, it's, it's life will never be the same. Right. So it, sure. it's, 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 it's scary at moments, but, um, having that, that true person in your life, that's there by your side, there's nothing more important, nothing more mm -hmm. important. It's our emotional anchor, 100%. especially for right. I mean, especially for the people like you and me who are explorers, who are asking questions, who are observing, who are you know gathering a lot of information. Yeah, and 
developing a certain sensitivity uh, for what is going on in the world and for what is happening. So I feel like the impact on people who are doing this type of work that we are doing, the impact on what is happening to the world is much bigger on us because we kind of understand sometimes the magnitude or appreciate the magnitude in a good and a bad way, way more of what is really going on. And so kind of affects you, of course, way more. It kind of involves you more. It drains more energy. And so to have that emotional anchor that you kind of, you know, you can always fall back onto that emotional anchor and realize this is what it's all about, right? This is beautiful. This is super important. This brings me money. This gives me great satisfaction. But here it is. There they are. Right. Let's get back to what really matters. And I mean, it's so granted, it, it sounds mundane, but sometimes my wife and I like now the company is kind of flourishing and, and she's, you know, creating her structure around her courses. She was the first one to teach script supervising methods on, on her level in Italy. She was the first to kind of open up, you know, the schools to this possibility of giving those courses and giving the ladies out there the possibility to learn this very fascinating aspect of movie making. And um, we look each other in the eye sometimes and said, are we happier now that we have some some cash and we kind of have a good life and sometimes we can go out, you know, have some great dinner nights than we used to be when we were completely broke and we started this endeavor like almost exactly 10 years ago when we were, you know, kind of, you know, struggling. We were struggling making ends meet. We were struggling. Oh, I had to take on a nine to five job. I had to come up with a creative solution for, for all that. My Italian was was horrible back then when I moved back to Italy out of when I dropped out of, of Germany. And so we had to kind of, we had so many challenges. We were, you know, struggling a lot. And, and so, no, we weren't less happy back then no. than we are now. Because we, you know, it was still us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, less I'm, expensive clothes, less expensive restaurants, yeah. less expensive vacations, and it was still us. Of course, now we feel a bit more safe and we can enjoy life a little bit more. We have a couple of digits more on that on that on that sheet, and that that reminds us that we are a bit more secure and that we have more time to pander and to to do kind of think about our next move and where we want to pander our services to. But in the end, it's us. It's 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 we are creating the circumstances. We are creating the situations. We are creating if we if we if we are happy or not. What does it mean to create like to have a dish of pasta? Yeah, yeah. You to have spaghetti napoli. You need well. What do you need? A, a glass a glass of red wine. It's it's you know what it is too. Is that I think is that I mean that European mindset too. When you have when you get to North America, everybody is living to work in europe they work just to live it's the opposite they work the minimal they have to to enjoy life because they realize life is so short and so special you get to north america it's that mindset of just work 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 because i want the nicer car work 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 my neighbors neighbors got a bigger house work work it's that mindset that fucking mindset that just drives people crazy and stress anxiety and 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 life passes in a sec life passes in a sex i look at my life look at my daughter she's 16 turning 17 next month i'm like i'm like this is i, I just put a picture yesterday of me and her 16 year i'm like where does time go and as much as people say oh you have all the time in the world no you don't because the minute you really blink it's gone and that's it's that one commodity that that one thing we can never get back right so i i appreciate that i appreciate that understanding of that yeah we it's it doesn't matter where you are it's the company you're with 
Absolutely. I mean, time is nothing else than a blank sheet of paper. Yeah. If you want, if you want to remind yourself what's written on that sheet of paper, make sure that it's an important phrase. If if not, it's it's something just futile that just goes with the wind. Yeah. So it's it's up to you what type of imprint you like to give to that sheet of paper and what you store inside of here. This is where your time goes. So yeah. if you have a lot of valuable time in stored inside of here, probably you made something right while executing. Right. Yeah. Probably you made something valuable because it was stored. Otherwise, your heart knows exactly. Oh, I don't have to work with that. Right. And so when time flies, it's because it's in a flow state. Yeah. When time goes by in a blink of an eye, it's because you're doing a, a chain, a collection of important things, one stacked on top of the other. And that's why you don't even have time to think. And that's beautiful when time passes by like that. Because when I think when we are saying we were born in sin, what people don't get is it's not the carnal sin. It's not the spirit of, of flesh and foul behavior that the Bible means. If, if we can kind of take that, that very quick leap to, to faith. I mean, in sin, it means into decay. It means into the materialistic world that kind of, you know, on an average is there for 72 years. It's a state. It's a period. Yeah. It's the sin you are in. It's not because of this preconception that something is bad with you and that you were born in sin and you're there to redeem yourself. It's there because you have the possibility. Because time goes by, and so you have to make sure to store value. Yeah. If you don't, you're missing out. Yeah. I know. Yeah, hundred percent. I love it. This is a great way to great way to end this this podcast. Where can our audience get a hold of you? Where can they find you? Your YouTube channel, everything. Give me all sure. the information. Sure, sure, sure. So you can find me on YouTube, where it's the Coach MC Studio. Make sure to stop by if you need acting tips. If you need mindset tips, strategy, career tips. And if you want to, you know, enhance your, your portfolio, your visual portfolio, want to talk about your communicational game or you need some instruments to step up your acting game, come over to the coachmc.studio, shoot me up an email. Let's talk about a free trial session. Let's find out if we're a great match for each other. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram as well, where I have some art stuff going on as well. It's the coachmc there and pretty much uh, all over the globe. And every Saturday, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm a guest to a hypnotics YouTube channel. It's uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we talk about the entertainment industry, where we have character breakdowns, entertainment breakdowns, movie critics, and all that. So it's it's a lot of fun coming over to the Coach MC Studio, explore the the infinite possibilities that you have stored inside of yourself, understand your value, and really come over as the most unique and remarkable performer out there. We will more than happy to to help you out with all of your endeavors. You've been awesome, brother. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Thanks so much.